Hello, Spin Sucks listeners. It is the last week of summer in Chicago, both literally and figuratively, as I'm sure the frozen tundra is just days away. This also means there's no school this week yet, and camp has finished. So my mini me and I are going to hang out, get some back to school shopping done, bake cookies for her cousin's birthday parties, and do some painting on our combined Jackson Pollock project. Yes, that is true. Which means I'm away from the podcast this week, so we're going to go back to revisit Brand Voice and its importance in everything from blog posts and videos to your email marketing, which we discussed last week. More than anything else, it's the guideline that makes our communications consistent. I hope you enjoy this episode from the archives. I'll be back next week from Content Marketing World with new content. I'll see you then. Think about a generic company mission statement. Something along the lines of, we strive to offer the most innovative, customer-focused technological solutions to thought leaders and industry disruptors. Yawn, snooze signifies nothing. Your brand voice needs to convey something very specific and very significant to your audience and your team and your clients need to be able to verify whether or not something fits the brand voice. There will be things you say and things you don't, things you do and things you don't do. It's better to figure those out in advance. Trust me. If you're a communications pro who works hard, doesn't compromise quality, and gets the job done, welcome home. We'll share our tips, tricks, and stories, and together we will change the face of PR. Spin sucks, but we don't. With the Spin Sucks podcast, here's Jenny Dietrich. Welcome to episode three of the Spin Sucks podcast. In the last episode, I talked about how important it was to have a specific brand voice that stays consistent in all of the areas where you make content that other humans encounter. If you haven't heard it yet, where have you been? There's a link in the show notes. And if you need to dash over to listen to it, how about leaving us a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts while you're at it? Once you're ready, come on back and we'll talk words. You can hit pause. I will still be here. All set? Okay. By now, you should have a sentence that reads something along the lines of, our brand is adjective because we reason. Perfect. Now we're going to go a step deeper. I want you to think about that adjective. There are going to be certain characteristics that that word or someone who possesses it has. That's what you need next. If a brand is witty, for example, characteristics of that brand might be intelligent, eloquent, funny, knowledgeable, and observant. The words we use to describe our brand voice matter. Are you witty, natural, sarcastic, polished, casual, friendly, elite? Any of these might be a word that describes your brand voice. All of them shouldn't be. Please don't try to use them all. You do need to have a handful of descriptive words that communicate your brand voice, but words alone won't do the trick. You have to actually understand them, and so does everyone else who's working on them for your brand. Getting this wrong does not look good. Getting it right isn't that hard, especially when you put a little effort into defining your terms and identifying why they matter. Let's go. We have a former client, and you'll understand why they're former in a second who wanted their brand to be hip and cool. I would almost describe what they wanted as a frat house culture. 
They wrote copy for their About Us page, and it was all about rooftop Cubs games during the summertime and booze starting at 4.30 every day and Xbox and ping pong and video games and other games during the day. It sounded like a pretty cool place to go to work every day. The problem is they were the exact opposite of this environment. When I read the copy, I said to the CMO, did you write about a client's company? And she laughed nervously and said it was how the CEO wanted their culture to be portrayed externally. No regard to the stark difference when someone came in to interview. Their culture was very buttoned up. They wore suits every day and acted like bankers. They all had offices with doors and it was so quiet in there you could hear a pin drop. It definitely was not the same culture described online. The brand characteristics they wanted were fun, energetic, hip, and cool. If you read about them online, it'd be easy to decide you wanted to work there. But when you went into interview with them, you'd find that they're actually serious, sophisticated, formal, and influential. Those aren't bad necessarily. They just don't match what they portray through their external communications. And therefore, they had a really hard time finding the right candidates and the right clients. I actually just went to their website to see what they've changed since we had that debate with them four years ago. Today, it says, we strive to create a happy, fun, and motivating work environment. So they've toned it down a bit, but the brand characteristics still don't speak to their real culture. When you think about the adjectives that describe your brand voice, you want to choose between two and four. You'll notice the examples I've used here have three or four. This is a good number and helps candidates and prospects understand who you are. As you build your brand voice, there are a list of questions that you can answer. I want my brand to make people feel blank. Blank makes me feel this way. I want people to blank when they come into contact with my brand. Three words that describe my brand are blank, blank, and blank. <laughs> I want to mimic the brand voice of blank. Let's not all choose Elon Musk. I know we all want to be Elon Musk, but let's not all choose that. I dislike brand voices that sound blank. Interacting with my clients and potential clients makes me feel blank. If you own your own business or are a solopreneur, it's fairly easy to answer these and to figure out the adjectives that describe your brand voice as they almost always emulate who you are as a person. Think about your favorite characteristics of yourself and how that might translate to describing what it's like to work with your organization. If you work for a larger organization, this exercise is more easily done by getting one person from each department in a conference room and asking them these questions. List all of the answers on a whiteboard and circle the ones that are repeated. When we first started to do this exercise at my company, two words always came out of everyone's mouths, ethical and results-driven. So you can bet they're in our brand voice and they're part of our values too. You'll likely find the same. Once you have consensus on what those three or four adjectives are, it's time to see if they resonate with your clients. The easiest way is to ask them, which adjectives would you use to describe our organization? I'm willing to bet they say the same things you agreed on internally or pretty close. If your organization already has a brand voice like mine does now, it's still good to do this exercise with a new group of people each year. You want to see if they say the same things that you think represent your brand voice. If they don't, you either need to think about realigning your characteristics or you have to do a better job living what you portray. Typically, it's the former. Here's what a brand voice will help you do. It will help you decide who you will and won't work with. For instance, it's pretty important to us that people be very well read when they work with us, both colleagues and clients. If we ask you in an interview what the last thing you read was and your answer is, I don't really have time to read, you're not going to get a second interview with us. 
Likewise, we have this incredible capability package for new business presentations. It's called a book. Spin sucks, in fact. I always take a personalized and signed copy to every new business meeting because it's both impressive and because it gives prospects a complete roadmap on how we work and it defines our process up front. I had a new business meeting earlier this year with a company that had a few red flags I probably would have ignored. I was otherwise impressed with the business and with the culture and there was a part of me that wanted to get deep into the organization and learn their secrets. So the tiny red flags were pretty easy for me to ignore until the end of the meeting. As the CEO was walking me out, he handed the book back to me. Now, remember, I had personalized it and said, I don't really read, so you may as well take this back. (laughs) Talk about being astounded. I just held my hands out with the book in my hands and was like, okay. And later I thought, why wouldn't he just keep it? Why would he hand it back to me? Neither here nor there. That was it for us. I described it to my team and we couldn't get past it. They were appalled. We ended up walking away from the business. That is because that brand characteristic is deeply ingrained in what we do. It may not have been a red flag to another agency, but for us, it was the nail in the coffin. Likewise, I have always, 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 always wanted to have my own Food Network show. I'm not a trained chef by any stretch of the imagination, but I do enjoy treating my kitchen like a science lab. I also have this crazy ability to taste something and be able to recreate it in my kitchen. It's like those people who can hear music and then sit down to play it. I cannot do that, but I can with food. In fact, if my husband is traveling and he eats something he loves, he'll take a picture of it and of the description on the menu and text it to me. It's not a talent I've ever wanted to massage into a career. Working in a restaurant sounds absolutely awful, but I would really like to have my own cooking show. A few years ago, a friend who's a producer for a cooking channel called me and said they were looking for new talent and were interested in talking with me. Though it was a complete diversion from Spin Sucks and from my business, I thought, what the heck? Let's see where this goes. And it went far. It went as far as photo shoots and the start of a launch plan and a cover and a name of a cookbook. They wanted me to do family recipes, the recipes that were handed down from generation to generation. Not really my thing, but I figured this was my chance and I was willing to do it. We had brainstormed ideas to get recipes. And because the Spin Sucks community is so highly engaged, I really didn't think it'd be a problem to get entries, even though it's not exactly PR. People still love to eat and to cook, and I could see making that ask of our community fairly easily. But that's not what the cooking channel wanted to do. They wanted to take recipes that were already tested in their kitchen and pretend like I had curated them from friends who had received them from their grandmothers and great-grandmothers. It felt so unethical and wrong to me, like I was duping an audience I had spent so long building trust with. I couldn't do it. They explained to me that that's how it's done and it's part of the magic of television. And that may be, but my stance was I couldn't very well have just published a book called Spin Sucks and write every single day on the blog of the same name and lie to my audience like that. Ethics is one of our brand characteristics. And while it wasn't for my business where that brand characteristic is prevalent, it's so ingrained in me that it's what caused me to walk away from something I would really, really, really like to do. In entrepreneurial organizations, or if you work for yourself, the brand characteristics tend to take on that of the founder. As the organization evolves, some of those may change as you build culture and add new personalities. And there may be some that are non-negotiable, such as ethics. What I want you to work on next is to actually do this work. No matter your organizational size, from one person to 3,000, every brand voice should be reviewed annually. To get started, here is a reminder of the questions to answer. I want my brand to make people feel blank. Blank makes me feel this way. 
I want people to blank when they come into contact with my brand. Three words that describe my brand are blank, blank, and blank. I want to mimic the brand voice of blank, not Elon Musk. I dislike brand voices that sound blank. Interacting with my clients and potential clients makes me feel blank. I'll post those questions in the show notes so that you have them for later. When you have answers to the questions, have a list of adjectives, define them, and then figure out what you do and don't do because of them. I'd love to hear your brand characteristics and how they're affecting your work. The best way for you to tell me is in the SpinSucks community, which you can find at spinsucks.com slash slack hyphen group. That's spinsucks.com slash slack hyphen group. Not only can you brag about your brand, but you'll get to meet other amazing communicators to network, workshop, brainstorm, talk shop, and plan world domination with. I hang out there. My team hangs out there. You should too. Go to spinsucks.com slash slack hyphen group, and we'll see you on the inside. If you're ready to change the face of PR, make sure you subscribe to the Spin Sucks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and a review. 